Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by betonline.ag. My name is Colin Kelly, as always you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, my co-host once again, Mr. Sean Siegel. Uh, Sean, uh, fun show earlier in the week, breaking down some of the, the ramifications of the trade between the Texans um, and the Rams, uh, and you know, obviously Branton Cook's making the switch over there. On today's show we'll be talking a little bit about what could happen with the, the values of some running backs as they get ready for the NFL draft. Uh, not really getting ready for the draft, but the players who are getting ready for the draft affecting some of the, the, the current NFL running backs and, and those kind of situations around the league. So looking forward to jumping into that with you. We'll also be talking about some trades that I did or didn't do over the last uh, week or so and getting Sean's take on if I should or shouldn't have done those trades so that's coming up in the second half of the show but uh sean as we kick things off um how are you doing today hey colin it's good to be back for our our second show of the week i'm doing well we're hoping that all of our listeners out there are also uh, doing as well as can be uh, given the current situation and and getting a chance to enjoy uh the fantasy community here the the support that we can get and the community we can get from each other as you mentioned i think we have a, a fun show today we're going to be discussing the draft, some running backs, and one of the things that can be a little bit of an easy trap to fall into when you're looking at players you want to buy, players you want to sell, is you always want to buy the same guys, you always want to sell the same guys. Players who you're down on originally, you have a little bit of bad news, and suddenly you know, you're know, you like, well, sell them. But that, that doesn't really give new information to listeners, to readers, because they know you wanted to sell those guys anyway. In, in this article that's up on the site and what we're going to talk about today kind of going into it a little bit we're looking at guys that I actually really like some of the most exciting running backs in the NFL in many cases some young guys but backs who are also being drafted fairly early and there is a threat to them in the draft that they'll be hit with a running back that really does change their situation so I'm looking forward to getting into that seeing what you uh, think is going to happen where these guys are going to end up in terms of some of the running backs we've discussed a lot some of these top prospects and then what you would do with your trades with where you're going to put these guys how you're going to value them after the draft if we see certain scenarios play out so we'll be playing with some different scenarios today and, and trying to guess how it'll affect the values of these running backs yeah it's going to be going to be fun just before we get into it obviously mentioned at the start of every show you can get a 10 percent discount to road of his nfl pass right now through the nfl podcast homepage as a loyal podcast listener the website link is rotavis.com forward slash podcast and when you go in there you'll be able to get yourself access to all of the great content and tools that are up on the website the stuff we talk about on each and every show the articles we talk about the tools we talk about don't miss out and also save yourself 10 percent discount while you're doing that once again that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast sean when we look at the piece that you've done um obviously we're looking at the uh 
places that are most likely to go for a running back uh, in the NFL draft. You've mentioned the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chargers, the Lions, the Steelers, the Falcons, the Buccaneers, and the Cardinals. And we look down through this list. You know, personally, I think you know there's a few of those teams in there that need to be getting themselves um, some some running backs, or sorry, some quarterbacks rather than running backs. When you look at you know the likes of the Dolphins, um, you know you look at the Chargers. We'll see whatever situations do happen there, but quite a few of those guys could be in the line for uh, getting a running back quite early in the the draft. And what we're looking about as well is there's quite a few of those teams that we really do like like you mentioned we really do like the running backs and you know you're looking at a situation like the bills with singletary we have uh, the chiefs is one that i've always wavered on i, I want to get an established running back in there who gets all the work and then we have a fantasy superstar uh, the chargers obviously have austin eckler uh, the lions then we have carry on johnson um, and the rest of the situations you know let the pieces fall where they may but that's what we're going to talk about on today's show so when you look through it sean is just out of those teams, is there is there one situation that you really don't want to see a running back uh, going to that team early in this uh, draft? Well, the player that I've loaded up on and would like to see them go in a different direction is Devin Singletary, right? He's a guy being drafted now in the you know twenty five, twenty six, between twenty and thirty in best ball drafts had a fantastic rookie year has hybrid ability he was a fantastic tackle breaker uh long run generator as a running back he did it out of the backfield he showed what he can do as a receiver the question here i think is that he's a little bit of a smaller guy certainly wasn't a first round draft pick and they don't have a lot else in their depth chart and so i think that they're going to be adding someone and so then the real question is how early do they do it? And that's kind of what I looked at with all of these different guys here. With the Bills, I think having a tier one draft pick coming through there, a Jonathan Taylor, a DeAndre Swift, a J.K. Dobbins, I think that's unlikely, at least in part because after the Diggs trade, they have a little bit less draft capital to use at the very top as sort of other positions they've made that big offensive acquisition now likely want to continue to build out the rest of the team you look at tier two if they ended up with cam Akers in there then i think you're going to see singletary's adp absolutely explode the more likely move i think is a tier three back like an aj Dillon or a zach moss and if they add someone like that then i do think that his adp is going to fall 10 to 15 slots but most of his value remains intact. Obviously, fantasy owners are also betting on that at this point with how early they're willing to take him. The coaches for the Bills have kind of gone back and forth between saying that they believe that running back is a committee position to now most recently saying that they think that Singletary can be the workhorse. And so we're definitely getting mixed signals. Almost anything could happen there, but I think their lack of early picks after the Diggs trade now gives a little bit of protection for Singletary owners. That's not necessarily the same situation for some of the other teams on the list. I talked about in the intro that I think the Dolphins are going to get one of those big three guys. If they don't, it would be a surprise. Certainly they'll pick someone uh, from the second tier then if they don't. The Buccaneers and the Lions. 
both have their running backs priced as though someone's going to be added. So carry on Johnson going a little bit outside the top 50 priced as though he may get still the high value touches in that committee, but they're expecting more to be added there. And his star is dimming Ronald Jones, obviously being taken in the 80 range he's being priced as though someone is going to come in there and take the high value touches and he'll be relegated to lower value both of those things uh, seem very straightforward you know we have some carry on johnson we have some ronald jones there's actually some upside there if that doesn't work out and certainly in the nfl draft you know you can't go in and say you know we're going to get this we're going to get that because the draft could develop very very differently from some of those other teams column, do you have some guys that you're worried about? We have players like Todd Gurley, like Austin Eckler, like James Conner, who have been top guys either last year with Eckler with a huge breakthrough, Gurley, Conner the year before, but now perhaps a lot of danger at their current ADPs i think so now obviously i think eckler is pretty safe i think if we have a situation uh with eckler i think it's gonna be like probably in the the third round at the earliest and i do think that they're going to give him the opportunity but they obviously need they're not just going to roll with him for the whole season same with devon singletary we do need more than one running back and the nfl teams obviously know that so they're going to have as many good running backs on that offense as they can but i think out of the out of all the names listed you know when you're looking through uh, eckler williams singletary connor drake and Gurley, i think the one that's safest in those in my opinion would be austin eckler in terms of his touches i think are going to be what they're going to be and then there's gonna be players in behind him i think somebody like damien williams th- there is the chance that it all gets taken you know other rug just gets completely pulled out from under him and any value uh, is going to be lost um singletary i think like you mentioned there um is, is pretty fair estimation between the likes of him uh, james connor and todd Gurley, where they're in line at the moment to get those you know the high volume of touches to get the important touches uh, get those goal line carries but what we could see is any of those three guys get you know uh, surpassed i don't think surpassed but heavily siphoned in terms of the touches that could go uh, in those offenses uh, i think singletary out of those is probably the safest and then i would say Gurley, and then i would say james connor i would have concerns about the, the steelers possibly looking to get a running back to come in and challenge him for that starting job um maybe other people mightn't have those same concerns i just have never felt that the steelers were 100 percent sold on on connor uh you know as the the long-term solution there and um, so i'm hoping that like like you mentioned i'm hoping singletary doesn't uh you know have that extreme competition uh i'm hoping the same with eckler uh, i think Kenyon drake could be in trouble depending on what the cardinals do there obviously he had his run last year but i think they they could look to uh you know have somebody there to really challenge him for that role so there, there's quite a f- concern from here around quite a number of those running backs in those positions um the ones though that i'm i I, eckler will be the one i'm least concerned about losing a a high percentage of his touches i think that's a very accurate way to look at it the way that the thing that i'm most concerned about i think colin that's an excellent summation of i think how the running back landscape is going to fall out i think the concern that i have here is that if we take one of the big three and give them to the dolphins then we still have a couple other guys who are going to hit and are going to really take apart a running back depth chart now if it's the buccaneers then we have two of those guys off there and we only have one running back left but that guy is going to still hit is going to cause some big problems i think the buccaneers are good like i i loved ronald jones but i think 
the Buccaneers are taking a running back and his value is just going to torpedo. That's that's very very possible. I think that the the reason I would say that is if you look at the offense, uh, they have two superstar wide receivers. You know, let's talk about the tight end, and we're not one hundred percent sure, but you know, he is a very very uh, athletic prospect at the tight end position still very young i think they'll stick probably with him for, throughout the rest of the offseason uh, even if they get in a tight end it's probably going to be a, a little bit later in the draft and i think when you look at their running backs room they've both had opportunities and neither of them has really grasped at it i think that like obviously the defense needs a lot of work but i think that the big step that they could take on offense this year would be you know putting a running back into that system that's definitely a way that they could go. I think their biggest concern is on the offensive line. So when you're talking about first protecting Tom Brady and then second having the carry-on effects of also then springing the running back, one of the things that they've done recently is really talk up Jones. Now, we obviously love Jones, but I wouldn't be buying the coach or GM talk here because if you're wanting to get a Dobbins, if you're wanting to get a Swift, then certainly you're not going to be telegraphing to other teams that they need to trade up ahead of you to get that guy. So I think that has a lot of smokescreen potential there. The situation with them is simply that they do have a guy who's young, who's explosive. And if you're trying to put together an offense that's ready to win now, there might be some concerns about putting another young guy into that situation. I think that they're going to add a pass catching back and, and try and go that direction. However, even if they don't, the other thing that I think these backs have to really worry about, you have Zach Moss, who was a pretty trendy guy, went into the combine, struggled, now is probably a faller. And this particular draft season has been so unique that we maybe don't uh, have the ability to say that with as much certainty. But if he falls, then he becomes a landmine almost wherever he would go. And I think he maybe more worries me for these guys like an Eckler, like a Connor, like a Kenyon Drake, where they can get him a little bit less expensively. So they're not going to have to pay for those top guys. He's going to be someone who comes in and can take some of these goal line carries can take some of the short yardage carries and so you lose some of the high value touches there at the same time he's someone that despite underperforming at the combine was just a fantastic college running back and i think there's a chance that the coaches fall in love with him he's someone who can catch the ball right so when you're looking at there being a guy out there who isn't going to be drafted early but wherever he goes is going to be a threat to high value touches across the board then that really maybe is the danger that so many of these top guys need to be concerned about because once you start taking those high value touches away the the fantasy upside lowers so dramatically before we get into the second half of the show i want to let you know about our partners over at betonline.ag with currently no nba nhl or mlb you might be thinking there's nothing to bet on well you'd be wrong our exclusive partner bet online still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack they're bringing you vegas too if you're missing the nfl season like we are no problem bet online has live daily madden 20 simulations you can bet on i've been watching some of those they're a lot of fun to get involved in you can also bet on survivor big brother american idol stock prices and even nathan's hot dog eating contest all open 24 hours a day and all online use the promo code bluewire to join today and receive your welcome bonus once again that is the code bluewire betonline.ag your online wagering solution 
So Sean, as we get into the second part of the show, uh, mentioned at the start of the show, we're going to talk through some trades I've done over the, the last uh, week or so. Uh, some of these I have done, some of them I haven't. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot and figure out your, your thoughts on them, whether they should be done, whether they shouldn't be done, um, and then we'll see how we go from there. So I mentioned on Twitter, I kind of went, pretty uh darn crazy on trades over the last uh, couple of days obviously locked up in the house uh, not a huge amount to do um and kind of was sending out trade offers right left and center you know got to the stage pretty quickly i couldn't remember who i'd sent offers to who i hadn't what i'd offered previously so the offers were coming thick and fast and uh, the counter offers were coming back which is always good to get uh, things moving and and those leagues get the the kind of chain of trades going um so when we look at the first one these are all super flex 12 team super flex ppr uh, format the first one we're going to talk about we did talk last week uh, i think it was last week, maybe the week before about matthew stafford um so after the talk of stafford i put in some uh, offers there to see what we could do um so i was looking to acquire matthew stafford the real target here was Cortland sutton so matthew stafford Cortland sutton on on the other side which is my side was giving up jared goff the 108 in 2020 and the 205 in 2020 so with the the recent talk uh, is that the sort of a move you would look to make i was obviously trying to, to offload uh, Jared Goff a little bit I do have concerns around him I'm, I'm very high on Matthew Stafford and then it was kind of getting that 108 and 205 for Cortland Sutton is that one that you would have made the deal or would you uh would you have held off I think it's super flex as you mentioned this is a home run Matthew Stafford looks like a guy who could have one of those second half of his career explosions this Lions offense looks like it could be uh just a big time juggernaut now you know again we we talk on the show all the time about the concerns we have with the coaching there but they're putting the pieces in place and Stafford looks like he's ready to make another leap and so I think that there's a a big upgrade for you in going from from Goff to Stafford now the picks that you threw in there certainly there is a lot of excitement around those picks right now one of the things that I think that we'll see I mentioned earlier the auction that i'm currently involved in the rookie picks are going for so much now one of the cool things about the superflex is those rookie picks are worth a little bit more because quarterbacks are, are very valuable and that adds more depth to your rookie draft but Cortland sutton a guy who just really primed to explode and join that top tier of wide receivers so i like this here even though the 108 205 those are going to be picks and superflex that that have a lot of value and you could hit on a guy with those uh, who would be very exciting in his own right yeah and this this was an offer was uh, a counter offer back to me and i was letting it sit and letting it sit and letting it sit what i don't know if you i'm sure you do the similar sean i'm not sure uh, we might let the listeners know if you do or not uh, i had in that offer obviously i was going to give up golf and those two picks what i tried to do then was shop around to see what i could get for golf and those two picks could i get something similar so i didn't actually make this deal in the end up i made one of these two following deals that i'm going to mention uh, i have two first round picks in this draft so i have the 108 and the 109 so what i i put in i had an offer to get calvin ridley for the 109 and the 302 uh, the other one that i put in the offer for was for dj chark for the 108 and the 204 so you'll remember that first offer was for the one with Cortland sutton i was giving up the 108 and the 204 five so i was kind of looking at it like Cortland sutton for the 108 and the 205 uh calvin ridley for the 109 so very similar uh, and then the 302 so a little bit cheaper uh, and then dj chark for the pretty much the exact same price uh, just the the 204 rather than the 205 so uh, which of those wide receivers at those values would you would you have gone for and then I'll, I'll let you and the listeners know which one i went for 
I have those three guys very close. We've been huge fans of Calvin Ridley. I don't think he can go wrong at getting him for a late first and a third. And DJ Chark, I find that I am higher on him than the community seems to be. Now, certainly he's got his advocates out there, uh, but he usually slides a little bit more. And so I think that the 108-204 is perhaps a little bit of an overpay for him, not in terms of actual value. I think that's a good trade, but I think that you can get him for less. And certainly I prefer to have Sutton with that QB flop or QB flip instead of simply getting the wide receiver because I do think that QB upgrade is big for you. Yeah, and I, I went back and forth on, on all these. I actually had all the offers on the table at the same time at one point. Uh, I did go for the DJ Chark one. One of the main reasons for that was um, I have quite a lot of uh, Cortland Sutton shares and I have a huge amount, as we've talked about on uh, repeat occasions of Calvin Ridley. I might even still go back and then try and get that Calvin Ridley one done. But I, I had no shares of DJ Chark in Dynasty and uh, I wanted to, to rectify that. So I, I think that that is probably, as you mentioned, uh slightly slightly overpaying i think uh but i wanted to get it done and uh, i was willing to pay the price so it was chark that i went with uh was very very tempted by the the quarterback swap that i mentioned with the stafford part uh next up it is one that uh calvin ridley uh jumped aboard another one of my rosters uh, and that there was uh i give up adam thielen and the 208 uh and acquired uh calvin ridley obviously we've talked a couple of times about the situation with Thielen's age and getting towards that age cliff obviously there should be more targets coming his way with Stefan Diggs coming out of t- uh, moving out of town so that would have boosted that value a little bit but I think it's fair to say I probably know which way you're going to, to lean on that trade I would go with Ridley the thing that we always have to throw in here is that once you get to the age Thielen is at then receivers can go in a wide variety of different ways if you were to say that Thielen played well through age 35 was the star for them for another four or five years that's not out of the question at all right so there's a very real possibility that someone could get the Thielen end of this trade and hit a huge home run especially because this is a draft where I think in in these 208, 209, 210 picks always look better before the draft because it feels like everybody could land in a good situation. And inevitably, we have the Hakeem Butler kinds of situations where people fall and those picks in the second half of round two become a lot less valuable simply because the number of guys who landed in good situations just doesn't justify that many picks. But there's a possibility to lose this Ridley trade uh, by a wide margin. But certainly, I think Ridley, what he's done so far, what he projects to do over the next five to you know six, seven years, makes that the side of it I would go for. Yeah, and uh, there's obviously always a risk. You know, Adam Thielen could go and you know finish off his career like Larry Fitzgerald, have a couple of thousand yard seasons in there, a couple of hundred yard reception years, um, and that is definitely a possibility. But I think um, you know if you know we've talked about it time and time again kind of keeping that roster stocked up with young young players who are coming into their prime uh and i think calvin ridley is definitely somebody who's coming into that time obviously the targets that are going to be freed up from austin hooper as well is going to going to boost that uh possibility for him so uh, very very excited for him i think now outside of the one league that i went uh, and didn't do the trade for ridley that we talked about a minute ago i think i now have ridley in every one of my leagues so let's hope that uh, that works out uh, we're going to talk here a little bit we talked on the the show earlier this week about robert woods and the situation how the dynamic is uh, slightly shifted there for the rams uh, two trades uh done um 
one of these didn't do the other one was uh, Odell Beckham who I had uh, the option was to give him up uh, to pick up Robert Woods and the 111 uh, in another league uh, the option was to pick up Robert Woods and to give up the 201 and a 2022nd pick so I did one of these trades Sean uh, I'm going to let you say first which one you would have did and then I'll let you know which one I did do well I like woods in the first round pick for beckham as just a home run i think that that first round pick in and of itself could end up being worth beckham there beckham has a huge range of potential outcomes going forward but i'm always skeptical of the guys who start to have multiple problems where you're having problems where you're injured and you're having trouble rehabbing you're playing through injury and using that as your excuse you have trouble with multiple teams because of your personality we look at the the research on this too it's not just sort of intuition but blair's got all kinds of great evidence suggesting that wide receivers don't bounce back the way that we would hope now younger receivers mid-career receivers are going to have a little bit less of that concern but beckham is already getting into that group of players now where we have some skepticism about what the second half of their careers would look like right you come into the league with players like a sammy watkins you know like a kelvin benjamin you know guys who are already starting to see their values decline people who had very good early career success as well when you compare the value of sammy watkins in an elite offense and with a team that still likes him versus an odell beckham in a more mediocre offense with a team that he has trouble with it gives you a little bit of a sense of what the risks might be there now beckham obviously even with all of the problems that he has had has been better than Watkins and has had the volume forced on him much more than Watkins has had. So there, it's justified in having different valuations for those guys. I just think that we have to be aware of the fact that Beckham may never be again the guy he was those first two or three seasons in the NFL, just like Sammy Watkins is no longer that guy. And if you can get two very valuable pieces for him, then to me that's a no-brainer. Yeah, and that, that's the one I that's the one I did do. And just just when we're on the the subject, um, you know, I talked um, on the the last show and kind of mentioned, it, I think on today's show as well, just about the, the age profile and how players sometimes uh, you know might think that one player is vastly older than the other. Like you know, you probably do know this, Sean, but if you're looking at uh, Odell Beckham and Robert Woods, I think most people would think that Robert Woods is significantly older. Um, Robert Woods turned uh, 28 on the 10th of April. Uh, Odell Beckham will turn 28 on the 5th of November. So there's, you know, six, seven months difference between them. You would expect that there'll be vastly, vastly a big difference in it. So you're basically moving those two players who are considered probably around the same in terms of what we could expect them to do this season in, in the league. And you're getting a first round pick for it. So I think that that makes it a lot, uh, a, a lot of value. Are you surprised just how close uh, the two of those are in terms of age, Sean? No, because, you know, Woods is one of those guys who came in really early. Beckham and his entire class, this 2014 group of wide receivers, you know, we may never see a class quite like that again, or certainly wouldn't expect to see one for a while. This year's class, which is so hyped, doesn't remotely compare in terms of what those guys had in terms of prospect profiles now it's always possible that the this group we have this season will outperform what their college resumes suggest but just when you put up the numbers side by side it's night and day right at the same time 2014 as as hard as it is for those of us who 
uh, remember 2014 as just yesterday. Uh, certainly, I'm guessing <laughs> some of these receivers are mentioning in that category themselves. That's now a while back. And we talk all the time about selling maybe a little bit too early as opposed to a little bit too late. You have to keep that dynasty team young. You have to keep the trade value that you have wrapped up in your roster high because that gives you options. It gives you the ability to go in different directions, to take different tactics, to make moves if you need a move to stay competitive, to sell someone and actually get big value back if you have an unlucky season or maybe you have a spate of injuries. And so we're getting into the time frame where players from that class are seeing their trade values really fall and a down 2020 from players from that class are going to see their value going forward really diminished. And so when we're looking at someone like Thielen, we talked about a second ago, someone like Beckham, it's not that those guys don't have the potential to put up a string of big seasons going forward. It's a matter of managing the risk and asking yourself, okay, if they have a mediocre season this year, what is it going to do to their trade value? Compare that to, to receivers with different profiles, and you see that they're isn't as much risk to have the trade value in your roster just really crushed by you know even even an average season the way that it would for some other players so you look at beckham here and uh, certainly if he bounced back i don't think we'd be shocked he really is one of those talents that we rarely see even at the nfl level but moving into that range where if you can sell like you have here i really like that move a player who I've mentioned this on the show multiple times, I took in a, a startup draft last year and he just kept falling and I've been trying to sell him ever since. It's, it's Derek Henry. Uh, had a much better season than I was expecting him to have last year. Uh, the Titans kind of ran him into the ground. Uh, they probably are going to do the same this year. Um, Derek Henry, Sean, or the one ten, uh, the 10th the, the pick of the first round, so the 1.10? The uh, now, is this this one you mentioned, they, these are all super flex? These are all super flex. Yeah, I, I like this and all move PPR, here. so uh, <laughs> that that hurts Henry. But right, I, I like that move here. You're talking about a guy, you know, Henry actually maybe a little bit older than people realize, uh, just depending on how recently you've gone in and checked up on that for him. You know, once you move those three big quarterbacks into the top six or seven picks maybe even have love in there as well then you're moving down the rest of these guys so 110 is a little bit more like a 107 in a lot of leagues we've talked about the fact that the depth at wide receiver here actually pushes down some of our favorite guys maybe even into round two you know you might get to the position where you're on the clock at, at 110 and could even move down to get your target so have multiple ways to make this trade work for you i like that move is that one of the ones that you made yeah i did this one and i'd been trying and shopping around and shopping around it just it was it was never going to happen <laughs> but uh this week finally i uh, was able to break the ice i think i must have had offers of different kinds to everyone in that league but uh, henry running back in the nfl as an actual physical running back very very good as somebody who uh, we've talked about you know uh the ability of getting targets and i, I think henry should get more targets because we've seen him do stuff when he does have the ball in his hands you know out of the backfield but uh this was one i've been i've been trying to do for quite some time uh to, to try and bolster uh you know to try and bolster my kind of draft stock i, I would have done it for players as well but it was uh, one that i just been trying to do for some time when i finish off on another running back situation uh 
I didn't do either of these trades. I had thought about uh, them both. Uh, the 201 uh, in this situation, would you give uh, the 201 up for Ronald Jones or Darrell Henderson? Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't give it up for Jones. I was very tempted to do this deal for Henderson. Uh, would you be interested in either of those situations? These are very close. So these trades, I would I would say, are balanced. As we debated in the first part of the show, uh, we've looked at what could happen with Ronald Jones. I still think he has the higher ceiling here than Henderson. If things break right for him in that maybe sliver of a scenario where the Buccaneers are being truthful and want to see what he can do, if he becomes the guy in this Tampa Bay offense, he's going to score huge points, still very young, still very athletic, a little bit more of a a well-rounded skill set maybe than people realize or believe. He did put to rest some of the concerns about his receiving. Now, there are some other elements about his pass blocking, that kind of thing that still comes into play here, but there's no question that Ronald Jones can take that dump off from Tom Brady and take it 50, 60 yards. Anytime you have a guy with that talent, then it's going to be very tempting to make the move i think that henderson is this is almost an even deal here so a lot of it comes down to where you are with your build who some of the other players on your roster are i think that they want to use him in a committee so i don't think that he has that top five running back upside anytime that you're taking on running backs i think you either want to be very careful about the cost or you want to believe that there's an extremely high ceiling. If you get those running backs who have the clear 20-plus point-per-game opportunity and talent, then certainly paying for them is worth it. You can then build the rest of your roster around it. Anybody else, you really want to control the costs. This 201 in a super flex league is going to have an interesting player there. But you look at it six months from now, and certainly there's going to be a, a lot of potential to regret not making the move for Henderson. You said you didn't make either one of these moves? I didn't make either of them. Um, I have Henderson actually in quite a few leagues from uh, last year, so it's more thinking... Um, I don't know if you I'll just get your thoughts on this as well if you agree with that in terms of your overall market share off a player versus making deals so my thoughts here was if Henderson tanks or if the Rams do take a, a running back early in this draft that you know a lot of my teams are starting off in a, a bad situation so that was the reason I passed up that one similarly I have Ronald Jones on, on quite a few teams and I'm not too positive on the outlook uh, I think as I mentioned earlier in the show I think they will draft a running back but uh that was the reason for passing them up i think both both offers very very fair offers definitely and when you're looking at trying to balance your portfolios it i i think the key here is just to never go away from the guys you believe in never go away from the value when we're looking at those receivers say sutton chark ridley digs all of those guys kind of in that range uh if you're starting to get up to you know 60 70 percent on one down to 25 30 percent on another then you might move a little bit just to try and balance that out but certainly i wouldn't sell guys who are undervalued or who have a scenario where there could you could explode explode just to make sure i don't have too much of them uh even when it gets to uh the situation with someone like christian mccaffrey mccaffrey is one of those guys who had that perfect profile coming in and because he didn't carry the ball a lot as a rookie there was that opportunity to buy him everywhere and so now i'm faced with this huge share of mccaffrey and you look at it and you think well we can't just assume that 2019 is going to happen all over again the number one pick in 2019 was saquon barkley 
not quite the transcendent player of McCaffrey, not quite the same type of profile, but certainly someone who still is in that number two, uh, at worst number three range in really any format. And if the scenario is flipped and McCaffrey has an injury, then we'd be looking at things very differently the next year. If you are somehow lucky enough to be up to 50, 60% of McCaffrey, are you trying to sell and diversify a little bit? I think that's a tricky question in the auction that I'm currently doing. McCaffrey was the most expensive player. I continued to bid and bid and bid to the level where I actually had him above uh, the amount that I had budgeted there and finally stopped and did not get him because I already have so much ownership. And so there is a little bit of that element. But even with McCaffrey, it was a situation where I, I bid past where I really felt comfortable with because it's it's just difficult to lose. If you have someone like a McCaffrey, you have so many other things you can do in building your roster. So what I like to do in all of these different scenarios is to take the guys who should be more valuable the next year, players who have multiple scenarios in which we could see that value increase and certainly you know once you start to get up 70 80 percent on some of these guys then there is that real nervousness every time they touch the ball on sunday because you're thinking (laughs) this could be the play where they get hurt and they can't play for me the rest of the season but i think you have to fight through that and continue to take your guys do you like to balance your portfolio a little bit more I tend to like I I have players who would be 60-70% as I mentioned guys like Ridley um, lots of DJ Moore a lot of the Rotoviz guys there's gonna be a lot of those on on the roster Um, what what concerns me is when like when it's going good like uh, Christian McCaffrey it's it's going great but when you have a situation where Will Fuller uh, has a big week last year and you haven't started in all your lineups it's like the greatest thing that you can have and then when when he goes down with a hamstring injury I believe it was the the week later and finishes with zero points uh, after after a couple of plays um you know it's the worst thing in the world so it's about you know balancing that and and you know being willing to accept when it happens it's going to happen either brilliantly or, or terribly um and that's the way it, it tends to happen most of most of my players will probably hover in around about uh 30 to 50 percent but there is those maybe four or five players that hover up around 80 percent. so there's <laughs> there's always that concern like you mentioned that one play will take them out but um it, it's about like you mentioned going with the guys you believe in and uh you know having those guys in your roster because at the end of it you want to win but you also want to have the guys in there that that you do like and that you do believe in there's no point in going and having players uh, on other people's rosters that are beating you when you when you could have had them on your team so uh, i do try and balance it but if i'm if i'm more confident in the situation um like i'm not with the the buccaneers or the rams backfield 100 at the moment um i i would be having less concerns than i am with guys who maybe come draft time their their situation changes a lot definitely and i think so much of it too is about building depth you mentioned the filler scenario and that that was an absolute nightmare if you're in a league where you start 10 and you start to get your depth to 12 13 14 15 you're able to really take the bye weeks on head on by focusing on the values that your league is giving you on some of these guys it's possible to build your team out to the point where even when some of them then are hurt 
you still have the guys. Whereas if you give away a little bit of value to have balance, then you don't have the depth. So when injuries do happen, maybe they don't happen to every single one of your rosters, but the cumulative effects of those injuries sort of wear you down. You no longer have the ability to fight through the buys to really gap your opponents during that time period. And so one of the things about just really feeling strongly about your own guys is that it allows you to have more of them, which gives you the depth that hopefully will cancel out some of those injuries and and then just being willing to continue to make the moves that make sense for that team for the given year and continue to try and keep that trade window or that championship window through trades always open right as opposed to thinking this is the time i have to go for it so we want to build those perpetual championship teams we want to do it i think with our guys we want to build the the depth that we can get with those values and and like you said it's fun to have your players on your roster anyway so that's certainly the way that, that we like to do it on here on overtime. Yeah, lo- lots of good talk there. I, I always like getting into the, the strategy talk, and I think it should help some of the listeners. Maybe they're going in to do some trades. Maybe they're just thinking about how to rejig that roster ahead of the season. So lots and lots of good talk there. And anytime you get Sean giving that information, it's always time that your, your ears should be perking up and listening. But that's going to do it for today's edition of the show, second show of the week, uh, as usual. If you haven't heard the show start of the week, head on back and listen to it uh, very good conversations there as well breaking down the the cooks trade uh, and how that's going to shake out things on both those uh, rosters so uh, until we're back with another one my name's colin kelly you can follow me as always on overtime ireland make sure you're checking out all the great work that sean has up on the website and all the other writers as well phenomenal work going on by the road of his writing team at the moment make sure you're subscribed to the show as well and until we're back next week with another show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.